Hello, and welcome back to another edition of YCT Matters. We're delighted to have joining us today, Aaron Vanuk. And Aaron is joining us today to talk a little bit about what it's like to own a small business in Connecticut. As you may have guessed, we are doing this in the run-up to our Let Connecticut Work Conference, which, as you know, is being held Thursday, October 5th at the Hartford Club. You can find more information about how you can be a participant, how you can attend the Let Connecticut Work Conference on our webpage at yankeeinstitute.org under the Events tab. And we encourage you to join up. Seats are going fast, so if you are interested in coming, definitely get on there and hold your seat. Going to be a really interesting day from 10 to 2, a lot of different panelists representing small and medium-sized businesses, key players uh, from both sides of the aisle in government, and uh, we want to hear from you as well because we think that we need to think through how Connecticut can be a a better place for small and medium-sized businesses, and you can be an important part of that conversation. So we're joined by, as I said, Aaron Vanuk, and he is a small business owner here in Connecticut. And Aaron, we're delighted to have you with us. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate the invite. I'm glad to be on your podcast. And I want to just thank you and your team at the Yankee Institute for all the great work that you do uh, for small businesses in, in the state of Connecticut. Well, we're just grateful for our small and medium-sized businesses because you all really are the backbone for prosperity in our state. And if you guys aren't flourishing, our state isn't flourishing. You're job creators. You do it all. And as we get going, Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us how you got to got to where you are, and then we'll take the conversation from there and talk about your experience um, starting your small business. Well, sure. Thanks, Carol. So there's, um, yeah, there's two small businesses that I own in the state. And so, but I'll, before I get into those, I'll just start where I was, I worked for 18 years in the public school system. And so I was a school counselor and I graduated with um, a master's in school counseling from Central Connecticut. And so um, I'm sure we could spend a whole nother podcast talking about the public education system. So if you <laughs> want to have me back, Carol, yep. know, that would be a, quite a topic. I got a lot to say there. Oh, but good not, to know, and du- and duly noted. All right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So, one of my passions has always been to uh, produce independent films, and so I own a company called Blind River Studios, and so I've been running that since 2020. And most recently, I started. I actually um, purchased a existing CrossFit gym called North Haven CrossFit, and so that I've been the owner of for about a couple of months. And that so pretty much I was I left the public school system after 18 years. And mm-hmm. I was looking for something else to do. And so this opportunity to own a CrossFit gym just uh, kind of presented itself to me. I was a, uh, we, my wife and I went to the gym and we had no idea that it was going to be up for sale. And it, so it just, you know, took off from there. And so <clears throat> I learned a lot about you know, everything that's needed to start up a small business in this state. And, um, you know, during the first two months of owning it, I continue to learn. I yeah, well, so that. let's let's talk through it. So, so you decided you wanted to own this business. So, what was the first thing you had to do, Aaron, to make this work? So, to own the business, they you know the first part that I had to do was find out how much this business was going to be, 
And so that became a huge process. And so once we got the number and it becomes then as to how much you want to try to finance yourself and how much then you want to try to go and get a loan for. So my wife and I, as uh, being entrepreneurs, you have to be able to take on risk. Mm -hmm. And so what we decided to do was to take out part of a loan from the bank. So we had to go through that whole process. So we took about half the money and then we put in the other half ourselves. And so the going through the bank was pretty, I would say that was probably the easiest part of the whole process was to get the money for the uh, business. The more challenging parts was what came after. And that was trying to set it up through everything that we had to do with the state of Connecticut. And I'm not surprised because, you know, a bank is a private enterprise. They have to earn your business. With the state, you're kind of a captive customer. So I'm not surprised that the easy part was the private enterprise part. So what happened then? Let's it, let everybody understand what it takes to try and open a business in Connecticut. Yeah, and I love what you just said there too, Carol. Yeah, so when we go, we went to the bank to uh, get the money. It really was, like I said, a very simple process, you know, great customer service and you know, I was able to go there and meet with the banker and have that one-on-one -on -one relationship, you know, where I really felt like this person was helping me and they really cared about us. Then what happens is, you know, when you buy the business, then you have to do everything with setting it up through the state. Now that becomes something that now is much less personal and it's mostly done online. And if you try to reach out to customer service, that can take uh, quite a bit of time where you have to, I believe our time was about 45 minutes that we had to stay on to uh, for somebody to pick up and walk us through these steps. So for me, Carol, what I can share with the audience is that I'm blind. So it, it adds a, a whole nother dimension for me trying to set up a small business. So especially when I'm doing it online. And the first step that you have to do is you have to register your business with the secretary of the state. And so you determine whether you're going to be an LLC, an S-Corp, or whatever your business structure is going to be. So right. that is all forms done online. Now, most of it, I can say, was was pretty accessible to me, which was which was great. But there were parts that were not accessible at all. And the, what I use on my computer is a program called JAWS, and that's a speech reading program. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's very high tech. It's, it's uh, the best on the market. And it's actually provided to me by the state of Connecticut services for the blind. So they are on my side as my advocates and they support me when I want to go forward with whether it was working as a school counselor or working, um, you know, starting up my own business. And so when I'm on the website, you know, for the state of Connecticut, there were some key parts that I just simply couldn't do myself at all. So I would have to have, you know, my wife or, you know, somebody else to read the screen and help me navigate some of these forms. So it begins with, you know, filing with the, with the state of Connecticut, and that's a $120 filing fee. And so that gets your business listed. And pretty much, you know, sets you up for where, where you can pay your annual um, taxes, you know, to, uh, you know, the state. So then after you do your LLC, you also have to register with the town that you're in. And so that that was actually um, that was that went uh, smoothly, I can say, because, again, we were able to go to the town. You have that one on one connection. And it was um, it's it was pretty easy to do. So after you have your LLC and your paperwork filed, 
then you have to determine whether how you're going to do your sales and use. And so that is that was probably the most complicated part for me. And that's where we had to spend a lot of time on the phone figuring out actually how to pay the state taxes. You know, it, it was almost it was so frustrating and almost absurd, you know, where the the state made it very difficult for us to actually pay them the taxes that they were requesting. And so that wow, makes you want to say, if you don't want them, I don't have to pay them. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the, the form, you know, through the uh, Connecticut Department of Revenue Services was very difficult. We had to have somebody on the phone. And this is with my wife as well, who could actually see the screen. You know, we had to have somebody on the phone walking us through what to click on, what, where the drop down menus were, oh, what wow. to select. And, and what I found was that it's not just for people who are blind that struggle with this part of it, but it says anybody, because it's just the, the that part of the website is is really not designed well. And it makes it, you know, the complexity just, of it. <laughs> yes, the complexity of it. It doesn't read well with my software. It doesn't seem to, um, you know, speak well to any people with that actually can see it. And and that's also it's often down many times. So there are other business owners I talk to, to try to find out, you know, how, if there's an easier way for them to do it. And they pretty much said, you know, that it's when it's on, it's, um, that's the only time they could do it. But like a lot of times on the weekends, there's maintenance with that website. So, so paying the uh, sales tax to the state is not an easy process for small businesses. I'll tell you something, Aaron, uh, if you can believe it for a while, there was something called the business entity tax and you had to you were taxed just before you had even earned a dollar just for the privilege of registering a business in Connecticut and that was something uh, Yankee Institute has always been uh, in full war cry against because the 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 whole idea of it is ridiculous i remember that carol because um when i did a or a movie way back then i believe that was $250 for that business and any tax Correct. Correct. And yeah. we were very proud that that finally was eliminated. It was like, I remember that was for the pleasure of doing business in the state of Connecticut. And I believe Pre that was Pre that tax. Was yes, for. precisely. That's just your penalty tax. Exactly. And so the first time that we're actually going to do this is going to be in October is when, you know, I was finally able to figure out when I'm able to pay those, the state taxes, the sales tax. Is that So at our gym, we sell everything from memberships to uh, fit aids to apparel. And so all those things are taxed. So um, it took me a while just to find out when, how, what date I'm supposed to be paying these taxes. And so we found that. And so then it's going to be a, another process where we're going to have to navigate that website again, and hopefully be able to um, pay them, you know, by this uh, date in October. So to help me with it, I had to find a professional accountant because the, you know, it's, it was, that part had too many things on it where as a small business owner, uh, first time small business owner without a mentor. And this is where I think that the, we're, we're missing a little bit with the state as far as that. Every, every other place I would go, I would be able to speak to somebody to help walk me through the process, explain the process. And I, I didn't find that, you know, when I'm trying to set up the small business. So I had to reach out to people on my own, and that's where I found an accountant to be my mentor and a way to help me through to navigate through this whole um, process about setting up the sales tax. So again, it's it's before I can even you know really get going and moving on the business and trying to 
you know, do what I need to do to serve the community of CrossFit. It was a lot, I would say about a month and a half of trying to just set up all these different systems to be able to operate uh, legally in the state of Connecticut. And that was everything from the, you know, the setting up of the business structure to the taxes and then putting in the systems on then how to understand when to make those payments and, and how they're going to be paid. That was a part of the process that I was not an- anticipating. And yeah. so it, it was even to the point where we were explaining to our members, you know, like some of the reasons why we can't get to the, you know, these phases that we we had in place where we wanted to bring in some exciting things to the gym. Well, this this got in the way of that for us setting everything up. Ah, uh, so, you mean you mean having to go through the steps to to sort of set it up uh prevented you from actually implementing the services you wanted. That's correct. Yeah, so when we went into the business, when we purchased the business, we set up a, you know, like as as any as I recommend any business owner do, you set up your timelines for your phases when you want right. to roll things out. And so yes, so when when it was a lot more time spent on the back end that is what really, you know, impacted those timelines. And so like right now, we're actually pushing back the grand opening that we had. We had it set for November 4th. And so now we're looking at December. And that's all because of, you know, how it took a lot longer to get off the ground than we anticipated. And then if I can say one more thing as I'm thinking about the taxes, Carol. Yeah. So there, there is, when so we use a system for the gym. It's called Wattify. And so it's it's unique to CrossFit gyms. And so this is our gym management software. So there's a there's an aspect on there that, you know, we go through the Waterfy training. So it, they, they were fantastic. Just it was kind of like the, the training that I wish I would have had, you know, with the our, our state. You know, so we're we're there on like a, a Zoom call where we're speaking to their their people and they're walking us through, you know, how to navigate their programs. And so they're when there is a part of it, which it comes to, it's called, they call passing on credit card processing fees. And so we're going through this training and, you know, they're telling us, you know, this is what you do to save, literally save us, you know, uh, anywhere from 6,000 to $10,000 during our first year of business is what they estimated based on our memberships. And so it's like, okay, that, that sounds all right. So how do you do that? And so we're, they're explaining, just click this, click that, click that. Okay. Got that. And explain to your members. Well, then, then we hear, you know, I just happen to be listening to this random podcast, a podcast kind of like yours that says, you know, um, you can't do that in the state of Connecticut where you can't pass on these processing fees. So I said, you got to be kidding. So I looked up on Google and Connecticut is one of two states in the entire country where you can't do this. And so I contacted Wattify and they said, oh, yeah, sorry, you're in, you're in Connecticut. So we in Connecticut, we have to absorb those fees, those uh, processing fees. And it amounts to, you know, like uh, for our typical membership, maybe an additional $5 added on. But those $5 to a small business over oh, a yeah. course of a year uh, is significant. See, this is what is helpful. Uh, thank you. That is very helpful to know. And this is the kind of thing, Aaron, that we hope our small business and our medium-sized business owners will come and talk to us about at our Let Connecticut Work Conference on October 5th. Because 
We care about things like this. These sorts of things are what make people decide the heck with it. I'm going to go to New Hampshire. I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to South Carolina. Why should I be giving up this kind of money simply because someone in the legislature who's never had a small business decided this would be a good idea? And um, and we want these kinds of insights. We want these kinds of ideas. Um, that's helpful to know. Thank you. And that's, yeah, so in these things, Carol, these are things that we, we just learned. I just learned along the way. You right. Know, so you you just figure out, okay, so now I have to absorb six to $10,000. So now how is that going to impact my projections? How is that going to impact my planning? Right. And, and your and, ability to maybe bring on somebody part-time or just to, to do a lot of different things you might otherwise be able to do. Absolutely. And that's something, you know, one, one of the things like just to talk specifically towards that is we have at CrossFit, we have coaches. And so our coaches typically, you know, when I took over the business, they were coaching for their membership. So they really weren't getting paid per hour. And I wanted to change that and to make them, you know, treat them as the professionals that they are and be able to pay them, you know, per class that they coach. And so after going through some of these things, I quickly realized, okay, so now I understand why, you know, the, the previous owners, you know, didn't pay them, you know, their, their due, you know, basically worked out other, um, you know, like relationships with them, you know, like an, an agreement to whether you coach this many classes, you're gonna, I'll give you a free membership. So it became more of a bartering type of system. And so that's what I inherited and trying to, you know, figure out how to bring it to where I would like it to be, where we're getting away from the bartering and we're actually able to pay them, you know, per their class. So, you know, it's so ironic because I think sometimes with the best of intentions, legislators think, oh, you know, we want to see employees treated better. So they create these rules or regulations or laws or or whatever. And not understanding that a lot, I mean, in small businesses, a lot of the time your employees become like your family or they become trusted team members and you'd like to do better for them. But ironically, the very rules and regulations and laws that they've set up because they think it's going to make things better, perhaps never having themselves run a business are what get in the way of you doing all that you'd like to for your team members. Exactly. Yes. And that's, and that's where I struggle and I'm trying to you know, navigate that piece of it as a small business owner. And so what that does is that it makes me try to figure out, okay, so the, what do we have to then adjust our memberships? So it's like putting more onto our clients in order yep. to get to some of our goals. And sure. it's like, I'll give you another example, you know, as what we found as well, is that so in, in uh, CrossFit, you know, as in any gym business, you know, one of the, the key things is that our, your equipment that you have in the gym. Right. And so we, you know, to, you know, show our members that, you know, we really care and, you know, we're, we're going to get off to a strong start. You know, we had in our mind that we were going to be bringing in some nice new, you know, shiny pieces of equipment into the gym, which is, you know, all the gym members really enjoy. And so <clears throat> what we found, we, we put that a little bit on hold. Because there's, you know, I learned through my accountant and some other um, business owners that I've spoken to, you know, that there is, it's almost like if I was to bring in a piece of equipment 
there's it's like a triple tax in a way. And so that caused me to have to go back to my accounting spreadsheets and put in all these different numbers and figure out if if we really can, you know, afford that equipment. And so I'll explain what I mean by that. So Okay. When when we're so we're, we're um renting out a space. And so it's a it's a 10,000 square foot space that we rent out for the gym. And so on that space, you know, we're paying uh, pr- uh, property tax. You know, so we're on our, uh, with our lease, you know, you pay, you know, the lease and then you also have a property, you know, the taxes associated with that. So we're we're paying and and some people have the taxes incorporated into their lease. So you're you're paying those taxes, you know, on your lease. So that's tax number one. So that one we already expected. We anticipate that. Tax number two, we also anticipate as well. So if I would now go and buy the, the piece of equipment, I'm going to be paying taxes wherever I buy it. Usually in the CrossFit space, it's from Rogue Fitness. So we'd mm-hmm. be paying, you know, we buy that piece of equipment you know, and you pay the taxes to, um, you know, Rogue collects the taxes on that. So that's tax number two. Now, the one that I didn't know about was, and I didn't know until we registered with the uh, town of North Haven, and that was tax number three. So when tax number three comes, when we file our taxes for the business, we have to, if I purchase a piece of equipment, we have to add that onto the assessed value of our business. So that a new piece of equipment adds to the assessed value and the town of North Haven then draws a tax out of that, making it the third tax. So by, let's say for buying a barbell from Rogue Fitness, in a way, I'm being taxed three times on paying, on purchasing that barbell. So it really makes us as a small business have to be very careful how we spend our money when, especially when it comes to anything that's going to add value to our business. Wow. I, it's just amazing. Is there any anything similar? I mean, I know this is freshest in your mind, but before we run out of time, um, ha- has it been at least a little bit easier uh, in terms of your movie producing business? Or is there any any experience there that we ought to know about, Aaron? So the movie business is really interesting too. So the one piece that, and there's been a lot of lobbying lately um, for you know the tax incentives. So that right now in many states, you know, there are much better tax incentives. So when you talk about producing a movie, it's often better to do that in other states. And many, many uh, film and TV production companies do just that. And they do that for the tax incentives. So here in Connecticut, as I was um, talking, you know, about our movies, so we do very low budget movies. And so for us to get a tax credit here in Connecticut, our budgets have to be a minimum of a million dollars. And once you hit a million dollars, you get a 30% tax credit. So that is nice, but it doesn't help us. When we're making movies for $100,000 or $50,000 or less, it, uh, it, it means nothing to us. And so there are other states, many other states, that are actually offering better incentives and helping um, filmmakers at all different levels. And that's what we're trying to get here in the state. There's a coalition called the Connecticut Television and Film Alliance, and they're really trying to push hard on lowering that bar for the tax credit. Because like if you, for, like, for example, when we're doing a movie, our last movie that we did is called Super Duper Alien Hunters, and it's uh, it's actually on Tubi right now. So that was that budget was about $50,000. 
So we're spending $50,000 here in the state. So every place that we go and film, the restaurants are benefiting, the hotels are benefiting, you know, our crew is staying at the hotels, we're bringing cash from outside of the state, we're purchasing food, we're purchasing supplies, we're, you know, we're spending all that money here in the state. And that's a significant amount of money, in my opinion. But the state doesn't recognize that whatsoever until we get to the million dollar threshold. And that's just a budget level that I haven't figured out how to acquire that amount of money to produce a movie yet. So 50000 to me is a great deal of money, but it means nothing when it comes to making a film in, in our state right now. Yeah, it's very interesting. And it's interesting that, um, you know, that 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 they're willing to uh, offer these credits only to the really, really, you know, pretty big guys. They're not willing to offer tax credits so that low-income children can have educational scholarships, but million-dollar movies, they're all in, and they won't even take account of their small movies. That's correct. Yes, million-dollar movie, we get that 30%. So that's going to be a nice, that's a nice um, incentive. And zero, zero, have- 0% for low-income children correct. who uh, need to get out of a failing public school. You just can't make it up, can you? That's correct. You you said it exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, it has been fascinating to hear about some of the hurdles that you go through to open a small business in Connecticut. And at Yankee Institute, we are committed to trying to work with people in Hartford and hearing from our, our small and medium-sized businesses as to the kinds of reforms that would make this a more attractive and competitive place for small and medium-sized businesses, which was really our our motivation behind putting together the Let Connecticut Work Conference on October the 5th at the Hartford Club. And Erin, I I encourage you to check that out. It's on our our website at yankeeinstitute.org on the events page. And I encourage everyone listening to come take a look. Um, We're going to have a bunch of policymakers there. We're going to have people from Bigelow T, the uh, Millstone nuclear plant, because we're going to be talking about energy costs and we're going to have policymakers and it's going to be a really interesting day. Thank you, Carol. I think these are the conversations that we need to have more in the state around small businesses. So again, once again, appreciate all the work that you and the Yankee Institute are doing. Well, we appreciate you, Aaron, and we wish your movie production uh, business and your new CrossFit business every success. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you, Carol. My pleasure. And we thank you, our listening audience, for making time for this edition. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, and we look forward to having you with us again on the next edition of YCT Matters. I'll show you around this place I call home.